Hi, I'm Amy Porter. Some of you know me as a flutist and a classical musician, others as a professor, and some of you know me as a publisher and arranger. I'm a stepmom, I'm a business owner, and I'm the founder of a couple of nonprofits. And this is my podcast. My core mission as an entrepreneur is to appreciate what I have around me. And then I try and see as clearly as possible how I can help. So let's talk. Let's share information. Let's laugh and sometimes cry over the things that we have to work through in life and in music, in business and family and relationships. Come on into my Porter Flute pod. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. This is episode two of our second season. It's our performance therapy theme, and we're talking about those embarrassing musical moments. In the pod, holding my hand with me today is Justine Sedke on one side and Alan J. Tomasetti on the other. We're going to bring you some ideas about how to get through those embarrassing musical moments, and I'm going to show you and showcase some of mine. Here, you're listening to Michael Torkey's Sprite. I obviously was not having a good time, and at some point, I had to just stop, and it's very unlike me. But as you can hear, I picked myself up and started over again. For the sake of the reputation of the pianists, I won't be naming them in this episode. You can ask me privately. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into some of my most memorable, embarrassing moments in a performance. I was 14 years old, and a local Wilmington presenter took a chance on me to perform at a local retirement community. It was a new building, and they had a new piano, and I was to perform for a fantasy. And she wanted it memorized. So, it was the first time I was playing from memory. And as I played, I remember I just kept staring. And I was staring at gray hair and wheelchairs and smiles. That's what I remember. I kept an inner dialogue of what was in front of me instead of the painstaking technique that lied ahead in the fantasy by Gabriel Faure. I believe I made it through the roadmap, as we call it. That means the memory was fine. But I'm very sure I sounded terrible, like really bad. And I stared out at those crystalline eyes that all told me, thank you, and that was great. And I specifically remember the presenter speaking to me afterwards about the music and the audience speaking about the music. That really wasn't what I was expecting. And I remember this feeling so well. 
I thought, oh, right. I, pl- I played music. It's, it's not about my mistakes or even maybe me. That's what I was supposed to do. That's what music's all about, right? It was. It really was. Music was a, a huge part of my life growing up in, in classical music. So forgiveness kind of started to become a natural phenomenon in regards to my embarrassing musical mistakes. Competition was a, a form of performance. That's why I think I, I succeeded in competition. And performance felt very much like a consuming practice session. <laughs> and the practice sessions felt more endless, quite frankly, than the dream. Like, where was I going? Why was I practicing? If only to mess up. That was my problem. I might have learned a lesson when I was 15 years old. It was at the Music Teachers National Association competition. It was the regionals in Ithaca, New York. And I had a head cold. I was playing Image for solo flute by Boza, and I inhaled a wad of mucus. Oh my gosh, it was rich phlegm, ready to become a food item if I didn't take care of it. Clearly I was playing sick, and I inhaled and I stopped, and everybody heard it, and the jury said, would you like to get some water? And I nodded my head, and so I went out. And at the fountain, as I was drinking water, my mother leaned down into my ear and she said, You know, you have a chance to do it all again. That's wonderful. I was in tears, but I dried my tears, and I went back in, and I pulled myself up by the bootstraps, as I always say, and I forged ahead. I had strength I never knew. I won the regionals. I've also had the worry of a wardrobe malfunction, and it was a fiasco in my heart, and you didn't even know it. You've seen this video a hundred times, 2006 Taipei National Concert Hall, The Fantasy by Georges Yu. Well, that fantasy was the third piece out of three that I was performing in a row. So I walked out. I had a strap on my dress. I played for a fantasy, but the hook and the eye on the left came apart. And by the time I took my bow, I was looking down and there was the strap on one side. And so I had to quickly unhook it, smile, put it on the piano and play the Hayashi fantasy with music. You notice I have a music stand out there, but I had played the foray for memory and then I played the Hayashi and there I was. What do I do? Do I put the strap back on or do I play my very first concert without a strap on my dress? So that's what I did. You see me nod at Christopher Harding and you see me nod at you and look up at the lights and say, okay, I'm going to do this. And I get super excited and I played my guts out and you all actually really like that video. So there it is. The gown gets a lot of buzz. Um, You can find out about the origin of that gown 
It's on Pinterest on one of my boards called Amy Porter's Con- Concert Dresses. I can tell you I was literally praying strapless. I want to distill it down to the human and the error. In other words, right-mindedness and wrong-mindedness. Here's my take on it. When you perform, you possess magical you powers, but you only use a fraction of your real strength. It's because your mind is uncertain of its knowledge and you feel it's a loveless place. This is what I teach. I've always taught that fear on stage is the ego saying, love me, love me, tell me I'm good. I hope that you can come to deeply understand yourself enough to embrace that knowledge of your own strength. In what I'm learning these days, the lessons are that unless you embrace the knowledge of your own strength, power, for that matter, beauty and might, And if it's all ego-driven and anxiety-driven, fueled with worry and doubt, then you're only seeing yourself as you wish to be, rather than as you are, which is magnificent. See, that's what you know sometimes. Worry and doubt is comfortable and everything else, oh, that's suspect. That's up for questioning. But if you let go as you perform and open yourself up to your own flaws, and my flaws when you're listening to me and everyone's flaws as you listen to them, a true magnifying light shines from within. It overpowers any imbalance that might creep in to upset your performance or anyone's performance for that matter. Right-mindedness is shifting from wrong-mindedness. The ego provides the questions without the answers. The job we have and the the ability we need to possess is one of providing those answers. When we get in a rut, we have to have the answer. Whenever we feel vulnerable to attack, we have to look at the issues at hand defensively. That's another tactic I teach, defense against tone and lack of it. Defense against doubt in technique and memory and defense against your own skill of artistry. I make sure none of those things are an issue. 
I think of what skills are needed for which passage instead, and I manage them accordingly. You see, my knowledge has overpowered my room for error, because the knowledge, the practice, it cannot be destroyed. Jeannie Backstresser, my teacher, says, no one can take the practice away from you. And that was after an orchestral audition. Who knows what a jury needs? If, if you can power through and move forward in your life and your embarrassing moment and in your concert stage, you've heard it said in band, keep going. No one's going to wait for you. In keeping going, we stay in the knowledge and not the error. If we stay in the error, we feel we need to escape. Okay, so I'm in the middle of a concerto. I'm looking up at the lights thinking, what is my next entrance? And I'm listening to the orchestra play beautifully. I'm also thinking, remind me never to do this again. <laughs> I was frozen. But all of a sudden, I trusted in the knowledge, not the fear, and all was well. I remembered my next entrance. The mind can be active and perceive things that are terrible. And the way out is clear-mindedness. I'd like to help you avoid those embarrassing moments. Let's bring the knowledge of organization to your concerts. Do you have your music? Do you have your instrument? Do you have your stand? Phone, keys, wallet, pedal, computer, iPad. Did you leave enough time to not be stressed? Are you working well with your colleagues and are you prepared? See, all those events could and will happen to you and they can bring on great embarrassment if you're not careful. Elements like traffic, weather, directions. So many other events in our life can lead to embarrassing scenarios in our concerts. So the best thing we can do is stay vigilantly prepared. Preparation is key. There are some embarrassing musical scenarios I learned from. Sometimes if I tape the music, then two pages stick. That happened to me at a concert where producer A.J. Tomasetti was in the audience and he said, remember the time your pages stuck? <laughs> and then the one time I didn't tape the pages, I turned the page and the page that was up was wrong. I had to quick flip it over. Awful. And then I won't use a pedal because you guys, I've seen too many errors. It's, it's all right. I, I know I'm stuck in the old world. But there's so many human and electronic errors that can happen. I just throw up my hands and confess, I like the real music. I like the page turns and all. Just practice the page turns and write it in your music. Right hand or left hand?
Get out the flashlight. Here's where we shine the light into your dark shadows. It's about stopping and talking. Or stopping and saying, I'm sorry. Or stopping and saying, oh, my head joint's in the wrong place. If it's more than once and if you're a chronic stopper, I let it be known that stopping is like a learned response to fear. I equate it to a high heart rate or quad pain or anything remotely torturous. It's a panic button being pushed. So we stop. But stopping is stalling and stalling is a tactic. So think beyond the tactic of stalling the mistake, if you will, and have strength and knowledge to fight through it. Stop stopping and keep going. Play the next note even if you've messed up, and play the next note after that, and the next note after that. Have the will to use your mind for knowledge and not perception and judgment. If you do that, the outcome is now out of your mind. You're using your knowledge and not thinking about the ending result. And the music is the focus of of your mind. The music is the reason for your thoughts. The music is your voice. The music is is the truth. You've heard people say, I'd rather listen to a truly moving but imperfect concert than a boring, perfect concert. Well, when you listen to great concerts, the people who are playing perfectly usually are paid to do so. And they're knocking our socks off doing it. It's their job to bring righteousness to their art. And it comes with a fluency, with room for error, which when practiced becomes not so important. And a thing of the past, you see only the light and not the error. See, beyond the wardrobe and music malfunctions, I've missed entrances and come back in. I've fished around for the notes and come back in. I've missed the big technical passage that I worked so hard for. And then there are some embarrassing moments I've never told people, like I've forgotten the music at the hotel and had to play from memory at the concert. And I learned the wrong music right up until the night before the competition. And here's something I told you I can't stand leaving out entire measures. So I'd like to leave you with one of the best performances of my life in Kaohsiung, Taiwan. And a measure is left out. I put it that way because as you hear, I, I might have been having an out of body experience. I was just playing and playing and playing. It was working. It was working. And this performance of Lowell Lieberman's Sonata was going great. And then I stopped for six notes. I think it's six. And then I kept going. So this performance never made it out of the vault until today. Perhaps the forgiveness to myself to error (laughs) and the beauty I can see in the process of learning is worth it. I hereby forgive myself for the lost measure, the moment I can never get back and a concert 
I'll always remember. I felt so much love after it was all over. They loved me and told me I was good. And in that truth, there is no error. what it's about. The audience and the performer bonding over the music. Not the lost measure or that embarrassing moment. Join us for our next pod where we pair an etude with Ravel's Daphnis and Chloe excerpts. You can find me at my website amyporter.com or porterfleet.com and on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, I'm Porter Flute. Thanks for being here. I'm so grateful for you.